Um, do you have any questions, comments, concerns, well, constructive criticism, get, well, hot I, takes? I, how would I have any criticism at this know. point? I, don't I know. mean, we would be in a world of hurt. Oh, 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 oh my goodness gracious podcasts are bodacious welcome everybody welcome to the first episode of the third season season three of the anhedonic headphones podcast two electric boogaloo i am your host it's me your boy kevin krein aka kevy fly I am the writer behind most of the garbage content you will find on the website Anhedonic Headphones, a music site running for seven years now. How has nobody stopped me? I have no idea. This podcast, as always, is the audio extension of that website and that writing. However, it isn't just me talking at you for like 90 minutes about music with evocative imagery or uh, fragmented, ambiguous lyrics. No, uh, it is me interviewing people that I know, usually from work, sometimes from people outside of work, people I used to work with or people who are just friends of mine, where I ask them to come up with a list of songs pulled from their life, and we have what always ends up being a fascinating conversation about what those songs mean to them. Uh, Since this is the third season, if you missed either of the first two seasons, shame on you, but it's okay, I won't hold it against you. You can always check those out. They live forever on the internet. Uh, This podcast is 100% legitimate. It is uh, a pure Babylon ting. You can listen at uh, on Spotify, on Apple Apple Podcasts, and on Google Play. I'm in all those places. Or you can just go to uh, anhedonicheadphones.podbean.com and check it out from there. I had originally planned for six episodes this season to record all of them at once and then spend a month editing them and releasing them in the spring. But Dat Rona... We are living in a post-Rona world, and my sixth and final guest, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to make things work with all this self-quarantining that's going on and social distancing. So for the time being, I'm just going to be editing the ones that I had already recorded and rolling them out as I'm able to do so. Uh, It seemed like a good time to get all this out there, both because I have time on my hands because I'm not supposed to leave the house unless I have to. Uh, But also, just to put it out there as something for people to listen to if you've run out of true crime podcasts or if you've finished binge-watching Love is Blind on Netflix, I am here for you as a quarantine consolation prize of something to do uh, so you don't get too restless at home. So let's introduce... The guest for episode one, uh, a relatively new individual in my life. I met today's guest in the fall when she started working with me at the co-op. I knew almost right away uh, after we had worked together for just a little while that she would be a fantastic guest on the show. She came very prepared. We got into a lot of heavy-duty topics, so get ready to live, get ready for some real talk, uh, and please welcome to today's program, 
my guest, Molly Christopher. Well, Molly. Well, Kevin. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast. And thank you for having me. Thank you for hosting. Of course. Um, So before we get into the tunes you selected, because you selected seven tunes, Mm -hmm. um, you and I work together. Yes, we do. But we have not worked together very long. No. So this will be a nice chance to get to know a little bit more about each other or at least I will get to learn more about you and your background and your musical tastes yes um before we start the one question that I try to ask all the guests and sometimes I forget and sometimes I remember right away is what is your earliest musical memory and you don't have to answer right now if you need some time we can come back to it or we can just like have this conversation now I totally got you got it then we go there we go there we go and the only reason I got it this quick is because I actually just started writing a memoir oh and so I'm starting back at the beginning and my earliest musical memory is Joan and the Black Hearts right Joan Joan and the Black Hearts yeah yes I love rock and roll okay yes I, I very vividly remember Laying on the floor in a living room in McFarland, Wisconsin, which is right Look how quickly that came to you. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, so you have picked somewhat a eclectic mix. Yeah. Based on from how we get from one to the other and then right. to the next. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited because right. I, I always when people send me their kind of context free list of songs, I'm always eager to find out why <laughs> and like if there's any kind of through line mm-hmm. from from all of them. So to begin with, uh, you have picked a song. This is a hell of an opener because I hope everyone listening is not going to be like devastate too devastated because this Go song forward. just fucking wrecks me every it's... time I hear mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you get a fast car I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove You got a fast car I got a plan to get us out of here Been working at the convenience store Managed to save just a little bit of money Won't have to drive too far Just across the border and into the city You and I can both get jobs And finally see what it means to be living Uh, but So opening, you have picked Tracy Chapman's Fast Car Yes, I have And... Tell me about why you selected Tracy Chapman's Fast Car or what your history with this is. Are you a big Tracy Chapman fan? I, li- I do like Tracy Chapman in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but my love for this song, I mean, like you said, it wrecks you every time, oh, right? Yeah. It's a, and 
all the songs that I chose, I chose for emotion. There you, you know, go. It's it's it it brings up some piece of emotion from my life. And so for Tracy Chapman, I remember. So my first car was a Chevrolet Citation. Have you ever seen one of those? No, I'm not familiar. She was blue. A kind of. citation? Yes. So according to my husband, I don't know if I believe you, this. Citations are usually a bad thing, so why would you name a car that? This, I guess, according to my husband, was a vehicle that the police were going to use at one point. Uh-huh. It was a, like a Designed hatchback, for, okay, almost like okay. a, a little small car that they were going to use to be more economical to get around and give people tickets. So... <laughs> I didn't choose it for its prowess. <laughs> I chose it because it was $500, and that's what I could afford when I was 16 that, years wow. old. Wow. Right? Right? Yeah. So it was my first car. There you go. Loved it. Yeah. Um, had a cassette player that yes. ages me a little bit, right? Well, sure. Sure. And my. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car, was my jam. And I'm telling you, like, I wore out that cassette over and over and over. And um, so I used to live in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. on this like super windy tree lined road. Okay. And I would just blare. Well, I wouldn't say blare because it was a Chevrolet Citation that cost $500. So my speakers were like shaking rather than like rocking. Um, I know those vibes. My first car was a a white minivan, a Pontiac minivan. Mm -hmm. Minivan? I I would never strike you for a minivan sort of guy. Um, I didn't strike myself as a minivan guy either, but at 16, that was what was provided to me. Uh, And it had a tape deck until I started working and saved up money and bought a CD player for Mm -hmm. it. And... Yeah, I busted those speakers pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I... You know what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly yeah. what you're talking about, about just like absolutely destroying the yeah. sound system in your inexpensive first car. Right. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I would listen, and honestly, like the back of the car, it had like a material covering over where the speakers went, mm-hmm. and they would just shake as I went down the road. <laughs> and I played the song all the time, over and over, because, you know, this was... When I when I first got into this song, it was towards the end of my high school years. Yeah. I'd gone through a heck of a childhood, mm-hmm. lots of trauma, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's a very sad song. Yeah, but there's also hope. In there it. is, and I think that was the part for me that like I was absolutely sure that I was going to get out of that small town mm-hmm. and go and do something mm-hmm. with my life. Yeah, I wasn't sure what yet. Sure. But I was like, this isn't it. Like, yeah. It's not over. Yeah. And she kind of, you know, th- it starts out sad, but I feel like she builds into this. There is a little bit of hope, yes. Mm-hmm. I guess I am usually so distraught that I don't <laughs> that think about... That you miss out on the hopeful uh, And the funny thing is about Fast Car is that, like, so I was always aware of this song. Mm-hmm. I had never actually really listened to the lyrics mm-hmm. until a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, holy shit, this is really serious. And this is a, like, this is a lot. Yeah. And now I'm like never emotionally prepared when you for it. it to come on. Occasionally it comes on at work. And and what do you think then? I usually leave and go in the back. Now you can think of me blaring. There you go. That'll make me feel a little bit better about it. Because I'm usually like, Whoo, I cannot be out here when this is on. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. So fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I 
someone, be someone, be someone. You got a fast car. We go cruise and entertain ourselves. Still ain't got a job. Now work in the market as a checkout girl. I know things will get better. You'll find work and I'll get promoted. We'll move out of the shelter. Buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk. City lights lay out before us. And your arm felt nice, wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone. Someone, be someone. You got a fast car. I got a job that pays all our bills. Instead of drinking late at the bar, see more your friends than you do your kids. I'd always hope for better. Thought maybe together you and me find it. I got no plans, I ain't going nowhere. Take a fast car and keep on driving. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk. City lights stay out before us. Your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone. Be someone, be someone. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so you can fly away? You gotta make a decision. Leave tonight or live and die this way. It's a it's a heavy song, but it also she feels to me she sounds really resilient yeah, and strong yeah. and so that is kind of what i took from it okay when okay. i was young okay that's pretty being so young and getting into that is pretty impressive well like i said though all my songs are really emotional uh, yeah and i had a super heavy sure situation yeah. going on yeah. and so okay. it kind of i needed that kind of music to okay. kind of make me feel like i wasn't absolutely alone and you know, yeah. she she and I could be dark and sad and lonesome together. <laughs> I kind of wish that she would have written more songs that are like this. But I think you kind of peak, like you can't mm-hmm. replicate something that's so good right, right out of the gate. Because like the rest of her stuff is like kind of folksy, kind of bluesy. Yeah, there's a couple of other. You should really listen to that album, though. There's The a, one that the Fast Car is on? Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of others on there that are kind Pretty of heartbreakers, heavy? Okay. too. All right. Yep. I, I, I only know her I singles. I implore you and your listeners. <laughs> re-listen. Take yeah. it under advisement, everybody. Yes, take it under When you're done listening to this podcast, please me. check out <laughs> Tracy Chapman's first album. Yes. Okay. Do it. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with Fast Car? Do you want to keep trucking here in your Chevy Citation? Well, let's keep trucking because, because you asked why I chose these songs mm-hmm. in, in an order, and it is because we're kind of going to go through... We're going the through life her. of Molly. Okay, wow. All right, All right. we're okay. doing it. 
the next one. Um, and I know you're a big Slater Kinney fan. Yes. How do you, before we get into this one, how mm-hmm. do you feel about their kind of, well, I mean, they broke up and then they got right. back together, which is, bands do that, but kind of the way they have, like, evolved now and that their drunk Janet Weiss left. Right. Because you saw them on this tour. I just saw them and, without her. Yeah. So how was that? It was I thought it was amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it, but I'm a fan. Okay. And and okay. they went, they played some, they played the song that we're going to talk about okay. next. Okay, all right. They also played things off of their newest album and kind of everything in between. Okay. And for me, Sleater Kinney, I don't think that any of their albums necessarily sound like the one before it. I mean, they, they always have had sort of a theme. Yeah. But they've evolved a lot. Okay. And so... It took me a minute to wrap my head around the newest album because it's been a while and I don't listen to them all that much anymore. But then I was like, I like this. And okay. then I liked the next song, okay. you know, and so I'm all right with it. Okay. I'm okay all right. with okay. it. Yeah. Okay. I am not very well versed in Slater Kinney. A friend, a good friend of mine um, is, mm-hmm. but that's about, I mean, I've listened to, I've listened to this album and then the one that they released right before they broke up, The right. Woods. Yep. Because um, I like the production of that album because yeah. it's really loud. It is. Um, and then I like listened to their uh, reunion album, the first, like the mm-hmm. first one that came out whenever that was 2015, 2016. It's I don't remember. Um, I was like, this is okay, but it's it's. I don't know if it's for me. I'm not sure. You're not sure. I'm not sure. But so you picked one more hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is off the same album that has "Dig Me Out" on yep. it, which is. Probably one of the best track one side ones yeah. that I can think of yeah. offhand. It was released, I think, in 97? Yeah, 97. 97, right? yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I used to play Dig Me Out a lot when I worked in the radio, uh, at the radio station. Okay. Because I was like, this is just so in, like energetic yeah. and wild. Yeah. 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 So and they are. I mean, when you see them in concert, they have some moves <laughs> and some grooves. I really enjoy watching them as well as listening. Had to you them. seen them before? Like, yes. okay, okay. Yeah. So I had a short stint in Portland, Oregon. Okay. In the late nineties. Okay. Oh wow! What yeah. a time to yeah. be in Portland. It was because it was before it got all expensive and and really gentrified. Popular. Yeah. <laughs> um, I moved out there kind of on a whim and. Uh, and they lived in, I believe they were in Washington at that time. And maybe, because I think since then, at least one of them has moved to Portland or around Portland. But, um, so I was kind of getting into Riot Girl and exploring feminism a little bit. Sure. And, you as know, one, becoming as one a does. grown up. Yeah, yeah, as one does. And so this was one of the first bands that I found. And at that point, you could go to one of their shows in Portland for like seven bucks. Yeah. So it was a win-win situation. So that's kind of how I... Okay. Found okay.
me about one more hour. Okay, so the reason I chose this song is it immediately when I hear it brings me back to there is this dive bar in Portland, Oregon called Rialto. Okay. It's downtown. Is it still there? It is. Okay. I looked it up okay. actually all when right. I was researching the stuff. It is still there. <laughs> I think it's a little swankier now because all of Portland is kind of more swanky than it was. I've only was been there. to Portland once. Yeah. And we were not in a swanky part, but okay. that was okay. okay. Yeah, this is right downtown. And I used to live kind of on the kind of by Paul Powell's books on the hill. The and big would, one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And I've I never, I've walk. only been to the secondary location. Yeah. And I was still very overwhelmed. It's so. pretty overwhelming. Yeah. But pretty awesome. I'm kind of afraid to ever go in the <sighs> real one. It's so much fun. I wouldn't know what to if do with think, myself. I don't know. Look at books. But I get like, do you ever get really overwhelmed when you go in a bookstore? I do. Okay. But, you know, take yourself there with a few hours. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do. It was a fun place to go. It <laughs> used bet. to be a fun place to go. Maybe it's gotten. A, I mean, I haven't been to Portland in twenty years. To wow. Be honest. Okay. It's been a. It's been a okay. minute. Okay. Okay. But um, so I used to work right on the river. So you had to go through downtown to get to work, and I walked there and I walked back every day, and I stopped at this bar all the time after work. And I used to, for some ungodly reason I used to like Rolling Rock beer, and so I would order Rolling Rock after ro- skunky nasty it's like the worst beer i've had i've had rolling rock i'm not quite sure where my taste for it came from but i developed a taste for it for a while (laughs) and they had this jukebox and it was always really quiet because i would get there about four in the afternoon Mm -hmm. um and i would just sit and listen to the listen to music write read and i would always play this song okay from the jukebox was it on like a 45 wow yeah so I loved it, but I never yeah. really listened okay. like, to the okay. words. Uh-huh. I just liked yeah. the music. So I moved to Portland to follow a boy that I was madly in love as one, with. As one does. Yes, yeah. yes. And it became clear to me about you know a year into my move out there that I was way more into him than he was. Oh, no. Me. You one hate to see it. One of those. And so I remember vividly having a conversation with him one day, and I was debating starting college there mm-hmm. and uh he looked at me and he was such a sweetheart but he looked at me and he's like i you know i think maybe you should think about moving back to the midwest and i was just crushed oh, oh. right so i was like whatever fine you know i was 20 and i knew everything 21 22 something like that and uh yeah you do really know everything i did that yeah i really yeah. did and um so I went and I put my two weeks notice in and we had a big going away party for me at the Rialto because uh-huh. that was my place. Because you would live there for like a year or so? Like, okay, like close to two, yeah. Okay, so that's, a, yeah, that's enough time to like really... You have your you have your places. Yeah. I'd been yeah, there long yeah. enough to have my places yeah. and my people. Yeah. And I put, I played that song like I always did. Yeah. And for the first time I listened to the words. Oh boy, here we and go. And it is like... Here we go. <laughs> the most heartbreaking breakup song in the entire world and it just it like floored me i was like i've been you know yeah and and so to this day every time i hear it, it break, think, i can okay. smell the rialto oh wow i'm in there wow i can hear the drink, people playing pool behind doing, me i'm drinking, drinking skunky beer rolling rock yeah is rolling rock still a beer is that still I a thing believe it is somebody uh, somewhere still drinks it uh, not me i remember that was like when i was young mm-hmm. i'd had some rolling rocks oh, I had many. on and off and Mini. I didn't know any better. So I was like, oh, this I is didn't beer. Either, yeah. But I just kept drinking them for a long time. 
I really want Shout to out to Rolling Rock, by the yeah, way. I guess. And shout out to anybody that's still... If you're still riding hard for Rolling Rock, good for you. And tell us why. <laughs> that could be a whole podcast all on its own. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess like a whole podcast series of like, why do people drink shitty beer? Right. Like people who go in just in their like Coors... I, or I Miller think it might Lite. be worse though, because it's got you. You crack open a Rolling Rock, and there's the distinct aroma of skunk. That I just, just remember it just comes it being at you. very light. It was and being kind of bitter. And I really pounded beers down at this period <laughs> of my life, so I needed something that I could just keep hammering going forward. And I remember the bottle being green. It was green. and that was quaint. It had like and there a was horse some code or something. I don't. In, rem- I don't know about. Did it that. have a horse or was it like columns? I feel like I remember it was a green bottle with like white. It had wh- a white pattern it printed on it, but I thought it was like a horse. You know, with all of them that I drank. In you my think life, you, you know, think know, but it's but okay. That's all right. It's. I was about the flavor, not the. Uh, <laughs> the aesthetic. Not the aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> And ice heart in a white suit and a baby blue sedan. And I am doing the best that I can. All the units, they were standing in rows singing, Please throw us out just as, as fast as you possibly can. Sad song, last dance, and no one knows who the band was. And Henry, you danced like a wooden this one mattered and I felt it had a spirit I shot the storm because I didn't hear it till late and it's hard to be a human being and it's harder as anything else and I'm lonesome when you're around and I'm never We're going to move into Modest Mouse now. Right. Also another Pacific Northwest band yes. from the 90s. Yes. I'm, so I'm going to guess this has something to do with your time in Portland. It doesn't. Believe then it or never not. Never mind. Okay. But, I mean, that's a very good conclusion to draw. I get that. Because I don't think they, I mean, they were really just like a regional band until they mm-hmm. signed to Columbia and did right. the moon in Antarctica, which is like in, Jesus, that was 20 years ago now. It, I know. Um, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But I was not aware of the albums prior to that because yeah. it just was suddenly like this. They were, I mean, they, then they were very ubiquitous See, a couple of years later. Luckily for me, I have a friend who has always loved music okay. and lived with him for a while when I moved back from Portland. Okay. And he helped reconnect me with the music okay. scene and okay. what was going on. So that's kind of how. I kind of knew about them when they were fairly small. Okay. But okay. up and come, you know, they not like they are now where I think the last place they played in Minneapolis was some ridiculous huge Yeah, I they're know. I mean they're big they're now. Big. But uh, this they, was like, they've been big for a long time. Yeah, now. I mean I used to see them at First Avenue and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So they weren't quite the stars that they <laughs> became later on. But so you've picked Baby Blue Sedan mm-hmm. by Modest Mouse, mm-hmm. very old Modest Mouse, when yes. it was very whimsical sounding. Yes. Um, I are you? Do you like all their like their whole canon, or do you just have like an attachment to this song for I a specific memory? I like 
their earlier things okay. more than their later things. And he actually, the singer actually did something for a little while, and I'm trying to remember the name of the group. Ugly now. Casanova. Yes. Yeah. And I liked them a lot also. Okay. And yeah. it's kind of similar sounding. I think if you're Isaac Brock, you can't escape Yourself. your sound. Right. Yeah. No, right. I had a friend in college who was really into Modest Mouse and he was really into Ugly, the Ugly Casanova. Ugly Casanova, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah. I don't, I tried, it's just not. It wasn't your thing? I don't think it's for me. But, you know, Modest Mouse is kind of like Brussels sprouts. Do you like to, you, you either... Have, you have to prepare it the right way? You, uh, I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> but that's true also of Brussels sprouts. You have to, you have to you, bake them with this oil. Like, and, have you ever heard anyone say like, they're okay? No. People either, they love Brussels sprouts. Or they fucking hate or them. Or they fucking yeah, hate them. Yeah. There isn't a whole lot. Of, and that's kind of... Modest Mouse, people either love them or they right. hate them. I guess I'm just kind of like... In, I wouldn't say I hate Modest Mouse. I just say I've never found an easy way to Enjoy. access them. Right. So, but I I know people really love them and are fond of them and are fond of yeah. his lyrics. And that is, is why, why song. Okay. Yeah. In a white suit and a baby blue sedan And I am doing the best that I can All the units they were standing in rows Singing, please cut us out just as fast as you possibly can Sad song, last dance, no one knows who the band was And Henry, you dance like the wood So tell me about Baby Blue Sedan. All right. So, I mean, have you listened to the lyrics at all? No. See, that's okay. I kind of go into these um, where I like listen to a little bit of the song when I'm preparing the show, but I never sit down to try to be like the subject matter expert or like right. know more about what we're going to be listening to than the right. guest does. Right. So that like I am kind of more informed by the guest during the conversation. And then, then like I kind of appreciate it. the song more when I'm editing the episode together. Mm-hmm. 
So I just copped the song, and right. I'm like, cool, we'll do this Modest Mouse one, and I'll learn more about it. As from me. Yeah. That's so the exciting. subject matter expert. So I moved home, right, uh-huh. from Portland. To Wisconsin? I moved to Minneapolis. Oh, okay. All right. So into the Midwest. Yeah. Just a little farther Midwest. north. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And surrounded myself constantly with people because I had just gotten my heart broken, yeah. right? So what what year are we looking at here? I want to say this was probably around nine, late 99, early 2000. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. But, um, you know, I was lonesome sure. from the heartbreak. Yeah. Um, I, I can't believe this guy did that. Just, he was a very nice guy. I don't want to talk garbage about him. He just didn't love me as much as I loved him. And that's okay. I guess. I don't know. You know, know. what if really he had kept sad. me around for a long time? Like, I never would have met my husband. You know, yeah. everything kind of happens the way... I get I get it, but at the same time, it's like, man, that sucks. But, yeah. yeah. I, it's just, you know, somebody's... In a breakup, somebody's going to love somebody more. I wasn't the lucky winner oh. in this one. Are you still in touch with him? Yeah. Okay. Dude. Wait. I know you sent me that message once where you were like, I'm still friends with all my exes. Yeah. So that like you guys parted on good terms eventually or you eventually kind of came around and had like a functional relationship. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, but I mean, most of my exes were at my wedding. That's wild. That's wild. That's so wild. I've stayed friends with, I think all of them. I don't understand how that works. We were never like terrible to each other. Okay. You know, like all the breakups happened. I never, I don't understand how that works. (laughs) You know, they all sucked, but. Whether I was the breaker or the breaky, but yeah. like once you got through it, uh-huh. there was obviously a reason like I wanted to be with them. That's a very that's very mature of you. I, like, every once in a while, I have a a moment, glimmer like. of hope, <laughs> a glimmer. Yeah. Um. But so you so you moved back to Minneapolis. Yeah. And you had a, a music friend. Yes. And lived with him. They, and he actually was an ex fiance from before this guy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, wow. Right. Wow, Wrap your mind around wow, all this. Wow. Who, that's a yeah, lot going one on. One of my best friends okay, for that's my great. entire no, that's life. That's great. But um. So he introduced me to Modest Mouse, and we went to a couple shows. But this song, like. It's it just gets me every time because there's a part where they talk about um, being lonesome mm-hmm. when you're around and not lonesome when they're by themselves, and like that's heavy. Yeah, that's heavy duty. Yeah, yeah. and it you know like I was still dealing with a lot of the traumatic things from my past, mm-hmm. and uh, my family was making some decisions that were really really hard on me. Yeah. And so I was having like those feelings, like wanting them in my life, but mm-hmm. also like knowing that it was incredibly toxic. Yeah, yeah. And knowing that, like, I felt worse when I was around them than I, you know. And you, you like. Oh yeah, I understand. You grow up thinking they're your family. You're supposed to want to be around them, but it just wasn't healthy. Yeah. And the song just spoke to okay, that for okay. me a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Cool. That's, that's so, and, that, that's and so I still duty. hear it, and I yeah. think about that girl, like that was the girl that you were. Yeah, all that, that was kind of trying to like work through all that stuff. Yeah, because that's what life is: is you you go through something, you get over it. Maybe I say that loosely. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, right? right? But you have to revisit it because yeah. your life changes and your yeah. perspective changes yeah. and your feelings about it change. Yeah. So. Um, what did you do when you moved back to Minneapolis? Like, did you... So uh, I 
first transferred because I, when I worked in Portland, I worked at a hotel. Okay. The Marriott, in uh-huh. fact. And so I transferred, got a job at the Marriott in Minneapolis. Okay. Hated it. Oh. Like, I don't know. So this was, like I said, right around 2000. Uh-huh. But they were stuck back in the 60s, I think, somewhere. Like, I'm not joking you at all. I used to have to, you had to get there early enough to get into your outfit, which for me, as a housekeeping supervisor, mm-hmm. so I like walked around and inspected rooms all day, mm-hmm. was like a plum colored, a white button down shirt okay. with a plum colored vest, uh-huh. a knee length skirt okay. with, you had to wear nylons uh-huh. and pumps. Like, how does that make sense? And, and and all the women had to still wear skirts. I th- I'm Marriott. I'm sure you've changed your ways by now. I'm not trying to diss on whatever you got going on nowadays, but back then, wow. You know, because I was like feminist and stuff, and I was like, yeah. I really have have to wear a skirt. Like it's okay if you want to. Yeah. But I have to. Yeah. And so in the year two thousand two, it's also tough to kind of even like things. That's wild. Yeah. So there was it wasn't my thing, and I realized it yeah, really quickly. Yeah. Like, did the men have a dress code? Too? Yeah, I mean, okay. theirs, but theirs was slacks. And, sure. Yeah. You know, okay. All that, but it was just it was nonsense, and that's, I that's, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And I was like, God, I just moved back here. I'm I'm hating my life already. Like the last thing I want to do is hate where I have to go to and be for eight yeah, hours a yeah. day too. Yeah. So on a whim. I went and applied at the Wedge Co-op. Oh yeah, there you go. Now you, then and look at you now. Like it was, it was absolutely life changing for yeah. me. Like seriously, without a doubt, it was the land of misfits, <laughs> and I and I fit, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you could wear what you wanted, and you could have opinions, and you like, and it's a bun. I mean, you work at a co-op. We work at a. Yeah, co-op. I was like, we were we used to, used to work at a co-op, and I I do too. And I don't want to gen- overgeneralize. Because I've only been at, at the current co-op we work at for a while. But at the Wedge, it really was, like, it had a lot of broken people. Really smart, overly educated, mm-hmm. broken people. I would say that we are in a similar place okay. at at the co-op now. Yeah, but I found my home. I found my family. I, 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 I mean, not everybody is broken, but we're all right. broken. We're all damaged in our own way. And we all end up at the co-op. And I think that in the, our own at like something has brought us there yeah. and we have all we all have lived a million lives before mm-hmm. the one that we have now. And it, it is fascinating to learn people's stories right. and how they why they wanted the yeah. job or how they ended up there. Yeah. Not everybody has something dramatic, but a lot of them are. It, it's very surprising. But it was just a blessing. It yeah. was such a breath of fresh air. And I needed that. Sure. And I mean, it like it propelled me to like kind of snap out of my depression mm. and reach out yeah. and like be excited to go to work and be excited to talk to people yeah. Yeah. like because I would have crazy conversations with staff uh-huh. and with the customers that shop there you know like it was, it was so awesome sorry Marriott but you lost <laughs> me forever do yeah. you will you even not stay at a Marriott now out of principle? No, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I mean, the Marriott that I worked for in Portland was great. And actually, when my husband and I got married, we took our honeymoon in, in Oregon. Okay. And I reached out to them and they put us up for free. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so, like, so that's okay. Shout out to Marriott. Not, yeah, yep. Shout out. I mean, Marriott and Rolling Rock sponsoring the show. Uh, we don't want to talk too 
badly about either. I mean, we could, but let's not. That's not what this. That's is not what about. this is about. No, it's not about no. those kind of hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want it to be right. But yeah, that's. I think I took a really roundabout way. But that's okay. I think that's you asked me where tan, I was working. The tangential nature of the mm-hmm. podcast. It's totally okay. Yeah. Some, it's fascinating when people pick the songs in the order that they pick the songs yeah. for the podcast because sometimes it's kind of in order of like when the song came out mm-hmm. or like they're somewhat related in like a time frame. But now we're, we're going back. back. We're jumping time. back in time, which was I was Way very back surprised. To, I think eighty seven ish. I don't this know. This is old, right? Um, this is an oldie. Yeah, where I come from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, were you even born? Yeah, that's not fair. Probably for you to ask. <laughs> you're not. You aren't that much older than me. Okay, is the thing. Okay. Um, but so this is Jane's addiction. Mm-hmm. Jane says yes. And yes. um, so sequentially, where does this fall in your life? And like, what what is your association with? It's like, were you into Jane's addiction? Yes. When this was like the late '80s, early '90s. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So I was into. I guess when it was called alter- alternative, alternative rock, rock right? alternative rock, yeah. When you could join Columbia House and oh, get shit. like how many CDs oh, at one time for a penny, mm-hmm. and then you didn't read the fine print, right? And you still you had to screwed. buy, you still had to buy things, or you got random things that came to you that you never the CD even of asked the month, for. yeah. But let me tell you how much my mom hated when those Columbia House things came to the house, and I was like, "Yo, we need all these." Right, right. Yeah. Well, it seemed like such a good idea. <laughs> Until you read the fine print, which I didn't. But yeah, so I liked alternative music. So it was like, gosh, I got to like really think back now. So like Sinead O'Connor, Jane's Addiction, Depeche Mode, The Cure, The Pixies. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So I've liked them forever. Okay. All right. But the reason I have it here mm-hmm. is specifically because... You rejoined Columbia House. No, no okay. I, I, I got smart, <laughs> believe it or not. I didn't. I didn't. But but the reason I have it here is because, like I said, I, I kind of put these in order of my life. Yeah. 
because as it happens, you know, I've been thinking about it and the, so, the order of it. Uh-huh. So we're Jane's in, addiction. We're in the early 2000s, though, now. Jane says. Yeah. Clearly is about addiction, uh-huh. right? Yeah. In, in this specific song, I'm pretty sure he's referring to his friend's addiction to heroin, right? That's what most of their songs are about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've known me a little while and we've talked a little bit, but I have had a struggle with chemical dependency yeah. myself yeah. to alcohol. Yeah. And um, so that's around, you know, mid, well, actually within only the last couple of years, I really started to be like, yo, this is a problem. Yeah. You know, Rolling Rock moved on to mixed drinks, which moved on to just straight alcohol, which is not a good, it's not a great road to go down. And so Jane's addiction, Jane says mm-hmm. specifically that it speaks to addiction okay. to me. Okay. Um, it speaks to the way that he talks about it has always left such an imprint on me because like in one, in one place he talks about pulling her dinner from her pocket, Mm -hmm. you know, which I'm guessing is heroin for me. Yeah. I can't tell you how many dinners were alcohol and breakfasts and lunch too. And, uh, you know, it's something I still occasionally struggle with. I've come a long way. Yeah. I've been, I've been mostly sober now for two years. Okay. So, but, but it's important in my life because of that, you know, because it kind of speaks to addiction and for me, recovery as well. Yeah. And that's why I love it. She gives me and she starts to cry. She takes a swing, man. She can't hurt. She don't mean no harm. She just What is the, if you don't mind me asking, what has mm-hmm. like the, been the hardest part of recovery for you? <clears throat> you know, you get really used to being by yourself mm-hmm. because you gotta be, you gotta be really secretive. When you're an active <laughs> addict, it's all about secrets. It yeah, really is. Yeah. Cause you're lying to everybody. I mean, you stop lying to yourself cause you realize you're just a hot mess, but you're lying to everybody else. You know, um, it, truly, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it got to the point for me where my husband and I would still drink together, but I would, I would drink before I got home. Oh wow! Like in the car driving, because that's very dangerous. It's, it, tell me about it. <laughs> but I would do that because I, because in order for me to actually get drunk, mm-hmm. I had to have so much like pregame. And if he actually saw like the level at which I was drinking, he would catch on. Ah. 
Okay. So it's about lying and, and you're really alone. And yeah. so the hardest part of recovery for me has been actually getting reacclimated with like being real yeah. and having conversations and sitting in rooms, drinking coffee or tea mm-hmm. instead and like not having alcohol be a, yeah. a centerpiece Yeah, because that's what it was for me. It was like the way I was able to talk to people, mm-hmm. the way I was able to go to sleep, the way I was able to cope, the way yeah. I was like, that's what I thought it yeah. was. I mean, it wasn't truly, yeah. but that's what it became. So yeah, recovery has been challenging for that reason, but so good. Yeah. I mean, no, that's really great that you like, have, there's nothing like those, for so long. Yeah. And there's nothing like waking up without a hangover when that's all you did yeah. for many, many, many yeah. years. You know, my husband would call it the roller coaster cause I would like, get really drunk one evening, uh-huh. have a terrible hangover the next day, go to work, of course, yeah. but then like be useless, be useless to him, be useless to the kids, yeah. to myself, come home, like lay around, then feel good enough the next, you know, it was just And then this, you start again, yeah. yeah it was a, just on repeat. Yeah. And uh, it's, addiction's heavy duty, but uh, like sobriety is a super cool place. And my friends are amazing. I have a lot of friends that still drink. I have a lot of friends that stop drinking. I have some friends that have never done yeah. it. And I just try and be really honest and upfront. Like, I don't care if people drink around me. Yeah, I wasn't sure about yeah. that. If that no. was, if you were uncomfortable or if you no. just prefer that people didn't. I, like, I just try and be really transparent and honest about it. Yeah, no, that's really, that's because great to do. part of being yeah. an addict is being really yeah. dishonest. And so <laughs> if I'm going to be in recovery, I kind of got to be. Do you go to meetings? I, I did when I was living um, in the place before I moved, moved back here, here. Okay. which was Southwest Minnesota. I was going to meetings then. I haven't gone to meetings here. I probably should. I mean, it's good for me, but I'm yeah. also, I'm you, working two, two jobs. jobs. Yeah. Um, I am getting ready to build a house. I'm, pr- I'm in a writing group. Yeah. So like, I'm just trying to stay really stay busy. busy. That's, and, no, that's really great. But, but meetings are a super important and beneficial part of it. Okay. It's just, I'm not doing that right now. I struggle a little bit with religion and they're very, they're very focused a lot of times on a higher power. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, the one that I went to in Western Minnesota was very, very focused on it. And that got tough at times. I suppose. Aren't they often in churches? Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. 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 Um, which nothing against it. It's just not my thing. And so, I totally understand. Yeah. 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 I'm, I mean, if that's what helps people. That's great. Their regular life through recovery, whatever. Good for More them. power yeah. to you. It's just yeah. not my thing. I, so finding a way to stay sober without that aspect is something I have to do. Especially when they were like, you know, the only reason you're sober is because God has helped you to do it. I'm like, no, no, no yo, I have done some Yeah, it's like, yeah, I think here. you're putting in the work. Right, right. I don't think anybody else is doing right. it. So, yeah.
now we are um, Florence, right? Flojo mm-hmm. and the machine. Mm-hmm. We're jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to play this one at work too. And and did you have to leave the room or did you no. dance around? I kind of was into it. Yeah, like I never really heard it, but like I this is. This is very early Florence and the Machine, mm-hmm. like first album. So I was like aware that this album existed and I was right. aware that Florence and the Machine were a popular act. Mm-hmm. I had never sat down and listened. But yeah, this came, this for, I think the first year I worked at the co-op, this was on us. A lot. It was, there was like one hour where it was like popular music mm-hmm. of a certain time period yeah. and this was one of the songs that played and so i was kind of like this is i see why people are into it yeah. yeah it's okay um but so tell me about the dog days okay so i lived in minneapolis for a number of years like i said right struggle with chemical dependency mm-hmm. was living out in southwest minnesota where i continued to struggle with that for a bit but i met these two amazing women who um are still in my life but they introduced me to this song on a whim one one day when okay. we were all together. And uh, they always really pushed me. Like, you know how some friends, they, they know what's going on. They mm-hmm. know if you're having a bad yeah. day, but they really kind of just kind of try and brush over it. And they don't really... These two, like... <laughs> They called me on my shit, good and bad, all the time. And I and I love them for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, so this song will always remind me of them. Okay. Um, that's, a t- that's a tough way to navigate a friendship. It can be, yeah. It can make things a little dicey. When they're really real with you all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Or but, when you have to have those tough conversations about, like, what's going on. But I kind of needed it. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I kind of needed it. Run fast for your mother, run fast for your father For your children, for your sisters and brothers Leave all your love and your longing behind You may carry it with you if you want to survive The dark days are over The dark days are done Can I hear the voices? We are Depression is also a sneaky little devil, and uh, (laughs) and and also in addition to alcohol is another really it's friends with alcohol and it will help you isolate and stay by yourself Mm -hmm. and uh, and I was really good at like throwing just week long pity parties and and you know I I lived on a hobby farm out Mm -hmm. there so it was really easy to get home at the end of the day and isolate yeah i imagine that not does, is not conducive to right i mean somebody even, who has like mental health things plus even these girlfriends abuse, were yeah. honestly like close to a 40 minute drive for wow. me to go and see yeah so they're really putting in the work then their relationship our friendship was really important and really something that i needed to kind of work on a lot of the things that i needed to yeah. both with um my alcoholism and also with um 
the depression and and all that stuff and so they really they really helped me through it and uh stayed by my side when I like was not a happy person to be around yeah and also just you know brushing them off and yeah so that's yeah so okay. every time I hear it I think of them and it's a really I smile. Uh, upbeat yeah song and the dog days are over I know I was gonna say like thematically I mean it, that's you, like it, it, it means you know they kind yeah. of made me start to feel that way yeah you know like you gotta get up and be happy and throw yourself a dance party and that's all you can really do with a song like this that's all you can really do um do you actively listen to other Florence and the Machine or are you just kind of like this one song means this, this one, one thing song to is me. kind of it okay, for that's me that's totally fine but yeah. why what is there mean? other stuff I should listen to by her mm, I mean she has a lot of albums yeah I I know there's another song off of this same album I think called Shake It Off Okay. Not to be confused with the Taylor right. Swift song right. of the same name. Yeah. I um, actually got that song in my head for just a moment while you just said that. <laughs> and then I was like, wait. Different Shake It Off. Different. different. Yeah. Do you like Taylor Swift? I mean, you have a teenage daughter, Sorry, so you yeah. got it. Yeah. I, I can get down with her. It's all okay. right. Okay. It's okay. Okay. I listen to a lot of music on steady repeat. I have a 15-year-old. I almost 16. Yeah. And you get Is there a, song, a lot of pop music that goes on. A in the lot house? of pop, and oh. it's like the same three songs for a week. Yeah, and then we move on. And if we're into a boy, then it's like these ridiculous love songs, and then then it's breakup song. You oh know, boy, it's we're, a, a we're roller coaster. We're in it's that. a torrent. Yeah. Okay. I was there once. We all were. I, I can. I can. <laughs> Deep down, I think we're all still emotional teenage girls. Right. Right. I just happen to live with one on top of it. Ooh. This one, now that we've corrected the order, yeah, they're from here. They are. Cloud Cult. 
Yes. I like how before I said it started into that and you're just like, pump the brakes right. here, no, buddy. No, yeah. So Cloud Cult, they're from Duluth, right? I believe originally, yeah. And then I think the lead singer and his wife lived on a like off the grid farm somewhere up there. I somewhere in the woods. Only know that they are from here. Okay. from the state and that they have a huge cult following yes and that rightly so rightly so opinion. based on the name also yeah. um but did you read the book that somebody from northfield wrote about them i didn't okay there's did you even know about this I book didn't. okay well this oof. yeah a knowledge no. knowledge dart right so and i i know about this both because i used to work in a bookstore but also because when i wrote for the paper mm-hmm. it was just coming out and i interviewed the guy who wrote it He's a English professor at St. Olaf. Okay. Uh, he wrote a book about them. Okay. Um, I don't remember what it's called. It came out in 2014. Is it just based on them as a group? Or I on... think it's a little bit of a... It might be a biography. It might be biographical okay. as far as kind of like their story. Yeah, because there's a lot of tragedy. I know. The... Um but I also think just like why people are so attracted to them as a group. Yeah. So. See, and I found out, I kind of found out about them early on because um, when I was still living in Minneapolis in the early 2000s, my best friend, mm-hmm. ex-fiance. Sure. Dated uh, a woman who was in their group for a while. Okay. So I kind of early on was introduced okay, to them okay. and uh, not introduced to the actual group members. Uh-huh, I don't know the, them personally but or the anything, music, but the, the music, music. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and it's, I mean, to me, I haven't heard a song from them that I haven't liked. And I feel like they're musically so together and they're li- like lyrically. I just, I love them. I really do. I like them a lot. Okay. So, um, have you seen them live? Yes. The, okay. Does the gal still paint yes. during the show? Okay. Yeah. All right. Right. It's his, when I was at their last show, it was his wife yeah. that paints. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes they'll have another person painting as well. Okay. And they're usually all barefoot and kind of hippie-ish and, you know, rocking out. And <laughs> I just, I love them. They're so, really good. But you picked... Um, You'll Be Bright. You'll Be Bright. Yeah. And... So what's your attachment with this one? So, I mean, on the heels of Florence and the Machine, the dog days are over, yeah. right? Right? So then we got to go into something that's even more uplifting. Yeah. And this whole song is kind of about acknowledging all of the awesomeness, you know, that has happened to. Because there's there's been a lot of crap in my life, but there's yeah. also been, like, so much cool stuff yeah. that's happened and so many experiences and adventures and... um. So just remembering kind of that the universe has me.
to the last one. Here we are. Ani DeFranco. Ugh. She, she's my girl. She doesn't know it, <laughs> but she's like my, my BFF. Um, I have never sat down and listened to a lot of Ani DeFranco, and I feel like it's something that I really missed out on. I feel like it's so transformative for so many people, mm-hmm. specifically women, specifically mm-hmm. women, women that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just, I don't know what it is. Like there's just, it, there's something about it that I, she's never been afraid to talk about any, all the yeah, hard stuff. Yeah. And she just like throws it out there. Yeah. Abortion. We're going to talk about it. Mental health. We're going to, you know, like whatever it is, like she just, That's she doesn't good, shy though. away from it. And That's she's good. this tiny little, th- I mean, I've seen her countless times. She's this tiny little thing with this. Huge energy, amazing talent. Yeah. Big voice. She does have a huge voice. Yeah. Um, so you picked Joyful Girl. Yes, I did. Closing things out on such a triumphant, positive. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you listen to the The song song is not, but it's 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 kind of a sad song, but it's it's about reflection, right? But with the title alone. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of did kind of pick up on the through line with closing with this one. Yeah. But so tell me about you selecting this one for the for the end well or how does one how did how did you come to Ani DeFranco I came to Ani DeFranco gosh I would have been probably 18 okay okay um so a long time ago (laughs) many many years ago um, that would have been what, like ninety seven. I was like, you make yourself sound so ancient, and you're not. Something you're really, like that. You're, again, not that I am not that much younger than you. Well, so that's one of my friends introduced me to her. Took me to a concert. I'd never heard of her again. This was kind of back in the Sleater. You know, I yeah, was just starting okay. to explore feminism yeah. and explore powerful women artists, mm-hmm. and um, and I just like I was in awe and. Yeah, I okay. loved her. Have you read her book? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I have. Um, it was good. I liked it. And I've and I've she's one of those people though too, kind of like how we were talking about politics mm-hmm. a little while yeah. ago, where like she cannot do anything right by the feminist movement these days. Like she's made a couple of mistakes. I do you remember did you ever hear about when she was gonna organize like a writer's retreat or something? No. Well, she made a very poor decision to like host it at a plantation. Oh. So that got her. I mean, it was it. Yes, it's heated. It's hot. It's but people make mistakes. Right. And I think I think what for me, I mean, I can't speak for any other woman, but for me, she said so many things that I haven't been able to say and used her voice in so many positive ways Mm -hmm. that I feel like give her a break. It's a misstep. Yeah, yeah. Um, she also like has done tons for her community. I don't know where she's living now, but she was in Buffalo for a long time and really worked to build up Buffalo. You know, okay. she's she's just an amazing person, and people make mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I did not hear about that the plantation yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to. I mean, this was a long time ago now, so okay. I'd have to look up the specifics but she lost a lot of followers oh that's too bad and she dated women for a while and then she didn't so she lost people then oh, and like, okay how dare you flip-flop how dare you love whoever you want to love right the very people that think that you should be able to love whoever you want to love telling you now that you're loving the wrong people it's a little yeah that's just my take 
Do it for the joy it brings Cause I am a joyful girl Cause the world owes me Nothing We owe each other The world And I do it cause it's the least I can do I do it cause I learned it from you And I do it just because I want to Cause I want to And everything I do Is judged And they mostly get it wrong Oh well Bathroom mirror has not the woman who lives there can tell the truth from the stuff that they say. She looks me in the eye. Says, Would you prefer the easy way? No, well, okay then. Don't cry. So to close things up. So she, you know, she really talks about being able to look at yourself and being okay with yourself and doing the things in your life for yourself mm. and not for anybody else and being able to look yourself in the eye and yeah. being okay with yourself. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I'm at in okay. life right now. That's you great. know, like not perfect, but no one is but getting there.
so before we close, you know how you said some people do bring quotes and things uh-huh. like that? Yeah. Okay. Do you have a quote? So this, this isn't a quote from the Anita Franco song. Okay. But I often think of this quote okay. when I hear the song, okay. all right, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. But it's a quote from Cheryl Strait. Have you heard of her? She mm-hmm. wrote Wild. Yes. And, and, yeah. 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 All right. So this is from Tiny Beautiful Things. Okay. What is, um, I don't, is that another, is it essays or? She actually, yeah, Tiny Beautiful Things is a bunch of snippets, I believe, from when she was doing Dear Sugar. Okay. Um, and so she used, you know, she used to answer people's questions about different things. Yeah. And, but this is one thing that's always resonated with me and kind of goes with the song as well. You ready for this? Yeah, right. yeah, do it. Let's so do there it. are some things you can't understand yet. Your life will be a great and continuous unfolding. It's good that you've worked hard to resolve childhood issues while in your 20s, but understand that what you resolve will need to be resolved again and again. You will come to know things that can only be known with the wisdom of age and the grace of years. Most of these things have to do with forgiveness. Most things will be okay eventually, but not everything will be. Sometimes you'll put up the good fight and lose. Sometimes you'll hold on really hard and realize that there is no choice but to let go. Acceptance is a small, quiet room. Wow. That's heavy duty. Yeah. And that's a really heavy duty thing to end with. Right? But but it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a lot to think. That's a lot you know, to because that's I'm, a lot to think about. I'm sure that some of the people that listen to this are in their twenties. Maybe. In their thirties. Probably. I never I don't know what the demographics are yeah, for my yeah. listenership. But you know, like I mean I think sometimes we feel like we have to the, that we have to look at parts in our life and get through it and move on and never revisit it. But part of life is sometimes revisiting those things that are hard and looking at them through a different lens or a different scope and figuring out new coping skills and yeah. new ways, you know, yeah. of moving forward. And that's, yeah. And that's that. That's that. <laughs> deep thoughts. Yeah. Deep thoughts. By Molly Christopher. <laughs> um, well, I mean, is there? We're, we've been chopping it up here for like an hour. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any final thoughts? But we kind of—that's kind of—it's tough to top that. And we kind of did your it, big right? quote, yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't. Th- is there anything you want to talk about, Kevin? No, it's not my not my podcast. Well, it is. It's just. Not. I mean, I am the host of the podcast. Right. So it's not my like. I'm just the vessel for the guest to. Yeah. Speak no, their mind I and talk about tunes. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, well, I appreciate it. It gave me a really nice chance to really think about music and yeah. and my attachment yeah. to it. I appreciate and you taking the time to write out notes and get a quote and be being willing to do this. Thank absolutely. you so much for, for coming by. And uh, yeah, I thank you so much. This was great. You're this is full of. Uh, this was one of the more introspective ones, and I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. City, 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 city,